The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck, like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. January 1st, 2014. A new show is born. Unlike anything else, it will go on to revolutionize true crime storytelling, immersing listeners into the horrors of reality. Its name? Sword and Scale. It's a show that can't be heard just once. This is Sword and Scale Rewind. Everybody, welcome to Sword and Scale Rewind, the show where we listen to the original episode of Sword and Scale and then put another spin on it. Break it down for you. Yeah. I'm your host, Stephanie Wilder-Taylor. I'm the other host, Matt Fondelier. Today we're talking about a very serious topic. T- today is episode 99. Yep. The big 99. Yeah. We're going to party nine, like nine. it's episode 99. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd... I'd consider this like a party episode <laughs> Far so from much. It. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the end song will be like hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> but this was the episode where Mike uh, told stories, had, had men tell first person stories about sexual abuse that happened in their lives. And um, I found this episode to be one of the most memorable I re-listened to the episode and I was upset all over again. Yeah, it's a very upsetting episode. Yeah, it's really moving and thought-provoking. And um, we wanted to have a a new voice, you know, rather than just like discuss what those people said. um, We tried to find somebody to at least add the rewind spin Mm -hmm. and tell like a new fresh story. And so uh, I found somebody who was brave enough to come forward and his name is Rick. And let's talk to him right now. Hi, Rick. Hi, how you doing? <laughs> Rick, thank you so much for uh, your call today and for sharing your story. We really appreciate it, man. Yeah, it's no problem. It's my pleasure. It's uh, always, I think, kind of a good experience and kind of a good thing for other people to kind of hear these stories and kind of let them know that, you know, they're not alone and, you know, that this stuff does happen. And, you know, there's people out there that, you know, share the same type of experiences and everything like that. 
Yeah, you know, I was just saying before we started officially recording uh, to mm-hmm. Rick that that you know for so long it's been it's been a known thing and and women talk about child sexual abuse you know or just abuse in general for women has gotten very it's gotten very acceptable to acknowledge how hurtful that is and how many problems that causes for women when they get older and you know women taking back their voice and you know the whole me too movement and i don't feel like enough has been said for men and young boys who are very often the victims of abuse. And when I listen to the original Sword and Scale episode that that this is, you know, this is the Rewind episode, I was so moved by hearing these men coming forward and being vulnerable and talking about their experience. And I thought, you know, women, we've had this for a long time, discussing it and their survivor groups. And you were saying that men don't talk about it as much. And what And what's been the reaction that you've gotten when you've talked about it with your male friends? Well, there's two instances that really kind of, they, they still stick with me. And one was maybe about like eight years ago, I was telling one of my coworkers kind of what happened. He kind of noticed I was kind of down and I just finally like, I'm just going to tell him. And his reaction was, man, I would never tell that to anybody else. It was, I'd keep that to yourself. Wow. And I was just like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, that, that really kind of, that was kind of a stab in the back there. It's like, I'm going out on a limb here and really trying to, you know, tell you something deeply personal and like, you're kind of thrown into my face. Like it's a, you know, a disgusting habit or something. Yeah. That was not uh, an appropriate reaction from that uh, particular person. That's for sure. That makes me so angry. Cause could you imagine a woman telling that to another woman? Yeah. I mean, they're guys are a little more supportive of each other. I feel like Can you imagine a woman being like, yeah, don't tell anybody that. <laughs> right. But I, I guess we've just, we haven't come, Far enough in the, you know, when you're a kid or, or a teenager or a young adult or really any time, you know, people are vulnerable and there are people that are going to take advantage. And those people are called predators and they're out there, whether you're male or female. And the fact is that humans, for the most part, we're kind of sick people. Like everyone's just a little off, I feel like. Not everybody, but a lot of people are. So you get these horrible people and enough people are not acknowledging it. It's almost as bad as, you know, the activity itself. I agree. So um, I'd love to hear, Rick, if you wouldn't mind, uh, I'm not too familiar with your, with your story. Would you mind kind of telling us what happened and sharing it with our listeners? Yeah, definitely. So my story is I'm, I'm 35 years old right now. I'm married. I have a son and this actually happened to me like right after my 18th birthday. So I was still in high school, and it actually happened uh, December 23rd, so the day before Christmas Eve. And what it what it was was my cousin. Um, kind of hard, <laughs> kind of hard to admit it, but it, it this happened between me and my cousin. And my cousin was older; he was about six years older. And during the time he was in medical school in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and he had invited me over to his apartment um, just to kind of hang out because we were pretty close. I mean, we used to go to movies together and used to go to parties and. He kind of told me, he was like, hey, why don't you come over? I'm going to have some people over. We can come and drink and kind of hang out. And yeah, 18, a little bit off your age drinking there, but, you know, totally was down to go do it. So I get over to his apartment and essentially it was just me and him. He told me that the plans kind of fell through and that, hey, let's, you know, just watch a couple movies. And what had happened was he kept on, you know, giving me drinks. And of course I wanted to drink and I was a dumb 18 year old. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'll have a rum and coke. And within like half a drink, I was completely passed out. 
and I'm a, you know, I'm a pretty big guy. I mean, right now I'm about six, four, <laughs> about 240 pounds. And I was about the same size back then. So I think like a half a rum and Coke would knock me out. It's not going to happen. Well, I happened to wake up the next day, my pants off and being a guy and knowing what that's, you know, knowing how your body feels, I could totally tell something did happen just by the, the pain that I felt and just all instances with that. And then the next step was he was real insistent with me where he's like, man, you need to go take a shower, man. You need to go take a shower. I don't want your parents, you know, having you smell like booze. They'll, they'll know I was giving you alcohol. So completely like more than hung over it with my feeling. I went and took a shower and after I got out of the shower, it just, something was just not feeling right. And I happened to look over at his medicine cabinet and he kind of had these boxes that were all kind of almost like, like a, almost like a, like a, they were kind of like built up and behind there was a video camera and he was video cameraing me while I was taking a shower. Jesus. And yep. And so this happened on Christmas Eve because it was the next day with the video recording. And, um, the part that really like, it's kind of messed up was I, you know, I was very shocked and I didn't know what to do. And he ended up giving me a ride home. My house is over a half hour away. So we're in the car together for a half hour and I'm just sitting there just like, what the hell just happened? And even when I saw that video camera, I picked it up and I looked directly at it. So he knew when he got back, when he looked at that camera, that I had found that camera because I looked, I picked it up and looked directly at it. And right, that would have I remember just footage. getting, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Oh no, I was, just following what you were saying, that would have been on the footage later of you actually making eye contact with the camera. So continue. Yeah. So I get home to my parents' house and we're, we're all getting ready for Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house. Christmas Eve with my family, like that's the biggest thing. It's like all the aunts, all the cousins, everybody goes over to the grandparents' house. And this is the same side of the family that my cousin's on. And I just remember just kind of sitting there and it's like, man, what the hell happened? I mean, I just didn't know how to admit to it or even tell anybody. So I ended up telling my sister. My sister's a couple of years younger than me, and she went and grabbed my parents. And I told them all what happened. And they called an aunt and an uncle on the other side of the family. And my uncle was like, you guys got to go to the police. You got to tell them. But we never did. The thing was, because it's, it's Christmas Eve, we didn't want to also have cops coming over, doing you know some type of test on me. And then as well as you know just ruining the holidays for my grandparents, that was just kind of like the main focus. And then, so I went, we went over there Christmas Eve and my cousin was there and he just acted like nothing happened. And that was just like some of the hardest like night I had because I was so like, just full like fear and anger and I just didn't know what to do. And essentially, I mean, this whole thing eventually did get out to my family between uh, the cousins and aunts and uncles. And it's, it's just funny when you sit there and you, you talk to people because half the people in my family know the story and believe me. And the other half know the story and sit there and say, I'm lying about it because why would you make that up? That's the thing that's so crazy. Why would you possibly make that up? That's the thing. And I, I had this one aunt who is, we all got that one aunt in the family, you know, that's kind of not there. Yep. And she found (laughs) out about, and she's like, Oh yeah, Rick is all, uh, he's just jealous that his cousin's going to be a doctor and he's just making this up. And it's like, I could care less that he's going to be a doctor. (laughs) It's like, why would I make this up? And the part that still kind of eats at me to this day is I never went to the police about it because there was a little bit of shame with it and a little bit of what to, you know, what to do, what to say. And then the other aspect was, you know, 
my family's, you know, pretty middle class where he, his, his mom, his uh, dad, you know, my aunt and uncle, they're very well-to-do. And there was always that fear where it's like, well, if we go to the police or something, what are they going to do to us? Because they have all the money in the world to buy lawyers and, you know, hire them to come after us for some type of defamation. And here we are, you know, what are we going to do about it? So there was always that, but long story short, he ended up becoming a doctor. He's a pediatrician right now in Kansas City. He's a pediatrician? Jesus. Yes. And that's the one thing that, you know, what happened to me happened. And it's just kind of the one thing that really eats at me is the fact that he's now a doctor for little kids. This guy's a pedophile. Yeah. I mean, he's just a messed up piece piece of crap. And that's something that, you know, keeps me up at night sometimes. And even like to this day, I go to therapy. I go to, you know, see a psychiatrist because... I have anxiety issues because of what happened. I get panic attacks, and the doctors say I suffer from PTSD, which, you know, from this instance or from that incident. So of course you do. it's something that even to this day I got to deal with. And just knowing that, you know, I can just Google his name and seeing his doctor picture on a hospital's website, it just really kind of makes me sick to my stomach. Hey, quick break. Let's talk about ZipRecruiter. You know, hiring can be pretty time-consuming. You post a job to several online job boards only to get tons of the wrong resumes. You got to sort through them all only to find a few people with the right skills and experience. Those job sites that overwhelm you with the wrong resumes, they're not smart. That's why you should do the smart thing and go to ZipRecruiter.com slash rewind. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates for you. You know, its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to identify people with the right skills, education, and experience. Then it actively invites them to apply to your job. So you will get qualified candidates fast. And it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And by the way, that rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. So right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. Gotta love that. And it's all at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash rewind. If you love this show, show your support and support ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash rewind. Rewind is R-E-W-I-N-D. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash rewind. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have Have you thought about reporting him? I have. I have. I've thought about it. I don't know what the um, statute of limitations are for something like that, but it has something where I've talked with my parents and my spouse and kind of being like, you know, kind of would like to pursue it to see if, 
you know, something could be done, you know, just for the very least, uh, you know, protecting other people so it doesn't happen to them. Absolutely. So wait, is this, so this guy, is this your, is this related to your mom or your dad? Uh, Related to my mom. So it's your mom's sibling's kid? Mm -hmm, Correct. Yep. And has this caused a rift between your mom and her sibling? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have no contact with them. Um, They found out and basically what happened was when he graduated from medical school, um, we all got invited over to their house for a graduation party. Of course, I didn't go. The only person who went was my dad. And actually what happened was my mom had formulated a letter and as opposed to getting him a graduation card, my dad handed him a letter. And basically the letter said, we know what the hell you did. You're, you know, really messed up for doing this. You've, you know, you really hurt his life. And he ended up writing up the letter back saying that he knows and that he's sorry about it and everything like that. But after that had happened, it all got out to his parents what occurred. And being the pieces of work that they are, they turned it around on my parents saying, how dare you not come to us with this right away and tell us about it? And it's like, wait, but I thought they, well, oh, they didn't come to them, right? Because they talked about it. You mm-hmm. you guys talked about it amongst yourselves and your other aunts, right? And uncle. Yeah, it kind of slowly kind of came out to the other aunts and uncles. Like my one cousin found out and then she told her mom and it kind of like slowly came out. But his parents were the last to know. And they were really upset at my parents for not telling them about it at the time. But there was all this fear, and just to be honest with you, I mean, if we would have told them that, they would have called us liars and, you know, blew up the thing, you know, basically had a big fight with us about it. So it was very much not said to them at the time. So how long later was this? So he was in medical school when this happened, and then he, when he graduated, mm-hmm. you're saying there was a party. Like, how much later? Was it a year later? Months later? Uh, about, two, about two years later. Oh, so two years later. So they freaked out and said, why didn't you come to us sooner? Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Uh, that was basically it. I mean, it was kind of a blow fight. And uh, my uncle ended up calling up my mom one night and being like, you know, what do you want me to do? You want me to go kill my son? And my mom's like, no, of course not. And that was basically it. That was the last we ever had to deal with them. They've uh, kind of moved on. They still live in the same city as my parents. And every once in a while, they'll maybe see each other at like a grocery store or something. But as far as communication, it's been about 10 years now. And they still talk. It's such a <clears throat> horrible thing for him to say, like, what do you want me to do? Just kill my son? Like, how about take some responsibility for the fucking monster that you created? Or make your son take responsibility. Right. I've got a question, and forgive me if, if this is, like, off-putting type of question, but what would be the downside to reporting this guy now? It seems like the familial damage is kind of done. You obviously are, are close with the people in your life that it's important that you're closest with, you know, if you do have a sense that you could be helping some other people, I'm not quite sure what the downside is. Um, the only downside would be kind of selfish downside, I guess, is because I have a son who's a, who's a, he's 11 years old. So it would be him kind of finding out what happened to his dad. I mean, he's eventually going to find out, but it would be at a kind of a younger age than I'd want him to find out about it. That makes and sense. I guess just there's a fear level there. Yeah, is you know I'm like I said I'm, I'm a middle class guy you know what I mean and he's a doctor he he ended up marrying a woman that he actually has twins now and um, you know they're they're pretty well to do and I guess there's that fear of getting into a money pit type situation where I get a lawyer and we go after him or involve you know involve some type of legal here and he 
ends up coming after me and countersuing or whatever. Because really, what do I have to prove? How do I prove it? Right. That's the other big fear is, you know, I didn't have any type of rape kit or rape test done to me. Mm-hmm. All I have is a letter that he wrote, and really that's it. So it's kind of like there's that fear of I open up this can of worms of what could happen to me. Do I know sure. that I possibly end up losing my house or you know, something like that or going broke because of all the legal stuff that may happen. Yeah, but, well, I, you know, I was listening to this podcast, Believed, the, the Larry Nassar, who molested all these girls that under the guise of being a doctor. The gymnast guy, Yes, right? the gymnast, the coach, and the gymnast guy, the one who worked with all the gymnasts. And a lot of people... Like, I understand where you're coming from because a lot of women did come forward and then nothing happened. You know, they investigated him and he talked his way out of it. And to be honest, that would probably happen. On the other hand, if you went to the police and just said, I need to report that this happened and this guy's, you know, a pediatrician, they could investigate and just see if there's been any other reports. You know what I'm saying? Like, it might not be a thing where you're going to, like, take an ad in the paper, get a lawyer. I mean, look, we're just we're just a podcast. We're not. You know, officially, I only went to law school for 12 years, so I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I studied screenwriting, yeah. so I got I got zero uh, authority in this realm. But I feel like, you know, maybe it would just help for you, for selfish reasons, help you. And let me just say this. I have 11-year-old twins, um, and I feel like being – I've been transparent with my kids about lots of stuff in my life. You know, I, uh, I quit drinking years ago, and for a while I thought, like, oh, I don't want them to know – you know, call myself like an alcoholic, but I find that it's helpful to them to sort of just know that, you know, we can do hard things, you know, we can have things happen to us and we can um, experience traumatic events and then we can take care of ourselves and we can heal and we can, and I think it would make you look strong. I mean, something happened to you and that I still hear it in your voice a little bit. It sounds like you take some responsibility Maybe, but you were drugged. I mean, th- this was a 100% this guy was a predator. And I think it's totally fucked up that the the legal system, that your extended family, all of these things are making you feel like you're trapped in some sort of bubble that you can't get out of. Like, I think the system should be able to protect your anonymity and allow you to go after something like this without fear of repercussion. And again, I think it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm really sorry that your extended family has split up as a result of this because I believe that they are all in the wrong. I'm not sorry because that guy's, that guy's parents, your, your mom is not missing out on that relationship. It's best that they're not. And it would be Far worse if your mom was still like trying to keep a relationship with them because it would be hard for you to have a relationship with your mom. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, that's one thing my mom is. My wife will call me a mama's boy, but you know, my mom's my anchor in my life, and you know, she's a you know very strong woman. And that was one thing. It's like when this happened, you know, she she comes to me a lot even now, where she's just like, I, I regret that we didn't go to the cops, but. I don't blame her, but when it comes to like, you know, her siblings, when it comes to this, I mean, her opinion is she just gives the middle finger to them where it's like, you know what, this is my kid. I don't want a relationship with you guys. So yeah, I mean, she, she drew the line in the sand really quick with them. Well, that's good. And that's not your fault. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. 
like a rugged, half-ton tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you ever been to any kind of like, I don't know, survivors group or, or talk to any other men who this has happened to? I haven't. I really haven't. You found any other guys, you know, in my life that this has, you know, happened to or anything even close, um, or at least any that'll admit to it. You know, as I said in the beginning, there was one coworker who I brought it up to and kind of got slammed back. Even my uh, one manager at work <laughs> ended up bringing it up to him, and it was kind of the same reaction, like you don't ever, you don't ever bring that up to me again or something like that. So it is something where I, you know, I don't want to sound sexist, but it's like it's easier for me to talk with women about it than men, so I normally don't bring it up to other guys because of what has happened in the past. It just seems like, you know, men are a lot more, you know, judgmental, and, you know, they look at me and they're like, dude, you're, you're a huge guy, why, why didn't you go kick his ass? And I'm like, hey, dude, I was drugged, I didn't know what the, I didn't know what was going on at the time, I was confused, I was scared, and you know, but when I talk to, like, you know, my wife or other women in my life, you know, they're a lot more sympathetic with me and a lot more, you know, easier to talk to. It's just one of those things where I've really not tried to find other guys because of my past experience. Well, you know, you should know that it's a, it's a bad thing, but it's way more common, you know, than we think. It's just as we as we heard, as we learned from the original Sword and Scale episode, it's just underreported is all because of what you're saying, because of reactions that people have had like that. Fewer men come forward than than women and girls. And we need more men to start coming forward and reporting things. Not that you did anything wrong by not reporting it, but I mean, it needs to be acknowledged that this happens to men and boys all the time. And a friend of mine who's a comedian just wrote this really long Facebook post about he has an abusive ex-girlfriend that he had to get a restraining order. Um, She's crazy and drinks and has guns and, you know, has threatened him. And it's really hard for him to be believed. You know, people are like, oh, you know, man up to him. And he's like, he can't fight back with her or he'd get arrested. You know what I mean? And now he's scared and had to take a restraining order out. And people don't take it that seriously just because she's a woman. But Violence happens to men all the time, every day, and at the hands of women. 
Yeah. Ah, I'm frustrated for you. <laughs> well, thank you for telling your story to us, Rick. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure you're going to help a lot of guys out there. Yeah, I was going to say these these episodes of Sword and Scale are some of the hardest to listen to, but I think they're also some of the most helpful episodes because you do get to hear directly from listeners, people who are part of this community, and you find out that it does happen to people that you wouldn't expect it to. And I think by sharing your story, there may be somebody out there who's listening to this right now. It may give them the courage to talk to somebody that they know and tell them something that they've never revealed before. So it's all good. And yeah. uh, again, I, again, we said it before. I don't want you to. I don't want to make you feel guilty if you decide not to report it. I didn't mean to to pigeonhole you that with that line of questioning. You're a bad person, Matt. I, listen, I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you know, like we've been trying to say, it's not your fault. And uh, thank you so much for telling us what happened. Yeah, and if you do yeah. decide to report it, or you know, will you follow up with us and just tell us? Oh yeah, definitely. I will. I, I'll, I'll let you guys know. Like I said, it is something that you know. It is I do think about it quite a bit, and it is something where you know I feel like I am getting closer to the point where I'm gonna have to you know go and talk to someone with you know report it to the police or some type of legal authority to maybe see what they can do or or like you guys said you know maybe do a little bit of investigation to find out if this is you know happening where he's working right now. Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Okay, thanks, Rick. Thanks for for calling us. Thanks for being a a supporter, and um, you helped a lot of people. Yeah, no, it's been my pleasure. You guys have a good night. Okay, thanks. Take care. (laughs) What a cool guy. Yeah, seriously. And again, it's it sounds like a cliche to be like, oh, he's so brave for telling a story, but he is. I mean, especially when you hear him like talk about how he's telling his story to other coworkers and their fucking dickhead reactions to it. Like, no wonder people don't talk, but people are terrible. I think it's a lot harder to come forward as a guy because there is so much shame attached. But luckily we had Rick. I'm really thankful to Mike for just having done this episode. It it really shifted my perception of what's happening out there, listening to those men tell their stories. I completely agree. Yeah. And uh, I think that wraps it up for uh, this particular episode. Yeah. And then uh, next week is the 100th episode of Sword and Skill Rewind. Unbelievable landmark episode. I know, landmark. How are we going to celebrate? Well, if all goes well, we're going to be talking to one Mike Boudet. Maybe you've heard of him. Nice. I know him. He's my friend. All right. Listen, follow us on social media. I'm at S. Wilder Taylor. I am at Matt Fondelier. And be careful out there. Look out for monsters under the bed. I try to laugh about it, cover it all up with lies. I try to laugh about it.